about how we've entered into this era of the miraculous. Everybody say miraculous. miraculous. We're talking Sunday about miracle business. And we're continuing on that subject tonight, miracle business part two. And I want you to understand, I mean, really, really, really be on the lookout and expecting to see God's power, his supernatural power on display. We've entered a supernatural season till Jesus comes. See, humanism has locked people in and they're failing and they're falling. Systems are crashing and God is ready to display his supernatural power in the earth. I share with you how Apostle Derber uh, on the last Friday night in the, in the gathering of the prophets declared uh, by the word of the Lord that it's woe time. It's a woe time, right? And we were sitting there having dinner uh, following that service that night, and I said, well, it's woe time and it's show time at the same time. Because if God's bringing woe on the world, he's bringing a show for us in the body of Christ. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord, of the Lord, go to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And of those, see, we're showing that our hearts are loyal to him. That's why we didn't quit church. You're picking on everybody. I said that's why we didn't, I'm not talking about anybody else, I'm talking about us. We didn't quit church. Our hearts are loyal to him. Our, serving him and worshiping him in the gathering of the saints and following his word is more important than our own lives. We don't love our own lives to the death. Glory to God. So if we've stayed the course, then he's going to show some things while the world is experiencing woe out there. Amen? Amen. Now, I gave you the scripture on Sunday, Habakkuk 2, verse 14, in the Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible of Habakkuk 2, verse 14. It says that, that the time is coming when the earth shall be filled with what? The knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So the time is coming when? Somebody say, the time is now. now. Say it again, the time is now. now. So God, what he's doing in the earth now, in the seas we've entered into now, is going to be displaying or revealing his glory in the earth. Now on one side of that, if you're the wicked, You don't want to get hit by his glory. Okay, let me give you, you remember the example, uh, uh, the the story in uh, the Bible where the Philistines, they had stolen the Ark of the Covenant. That Ark of the the Covenant contained, it was was the glory of God, the presence of God was on it. Right? Well, when they stole it, they, they got hit on the backside of that glory. Remember I told you all the men end up, they coming up, come up with uh, hemorrhoids. <laughs> Couldn't sit down normally, man, because that glory had an adverse effect on them. But that same glory with the people of God brought great abundance, great wealth, great prosperity. They take that same Ark of the Covenant when they went, on, went out into war, they took that war chest, that Ark of the Covenant out before them into war. And that Ark would bring the presence of God and always give them victory. Now y'all follow what I'm saying to you. That's why the Philistines knew that they had to take it. Y'all got this. Okay, so, so we're talking about here his glory being revealed. All right? 
Now, I want to show you something. Let's go to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. Hallelujah. Isaiah is the mini Bible. Right? 66 chapters. Just like there are 66 books of the Bible. The first 39 chapters are like the Old Testament. Kind of gloomy and some things like that. The last 27 chapters begin to bring hope. Right? Isaiah 40 starts out with hope. 40 verse 1, okay? So it's, it's a mini Bible. So let's look in Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. Are you there? Yes, sir. All right. I'm waiting the rest of y'all to catch up. Are you there? Yes. Okay. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. How about that? Everybody wants to bring up monotheistic God and God of many faiths and many names and Brahma. I don't know how many of y'all saw with this, this most recent um, session of Congress. United States Congress was opened by a Methodist preacher who prayed United Methodists. Well, he whatever, something. He's some Methodist preacher. And uh, I don't know, he might have been AME. I don't know what he was. <laughs> CME, maybe. I don't know. It's a different Methodist. Free Methodist. Something, whatever he was, he prayed his prayer. And in closing his prayer, he prayed to the uh, monotheistic God. Monotheistic means that you make all gods the same. Monotheism. Of many faiths, many names I think he mentioned, and he specifically named Brahma. Brahma is the Hindu, the chief Hindu god. This is our Methodist preacher praying this over United States Congress and America. Brahma, Hindu god, the chief Hindu god. All the yoga poses are about Brahma. And so he prays that, and most people have heard the end of the prayer. He closes out by saying, in the name of uh, whatever, Brahma, he says, amen. Like we say amen to close a prayer, he said, amen and a woman. <laughs> but I have news for Mr. Brahma. God says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So there is no monotheism. He said there is none like me. Not Buddha, not Allah, none like me. Glory to God. Now watch what he says here in verse 10. Check this out. Declaring the end, come on, from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Okay? But I want you to notice the first part of that verse, declaring the end, come on, from the beginning, 
and from ancient times things that are not yet done. So how God operates is he declares the end from the beginning. So whatever he does in the beginning is a picture of what will happen in the end. Y'all got this? So remember we've been looking at John chapter 2. Can I go back to that for everybody? In John 2, we've been talking about the beginning of miracles. He declares the end from the beginning. Okay? Now go to John 2. Can I take you on a little journey tonight? I'm not going to finish this tonight. I'm not even going to trip like that, like I am going to finish tonight. Is that all right if we continue through Sunday? Some of your favorite TV shows are always better when it was to be continued. Right? So this is going to be a to be continued, we know for sure. So remember, we're talking about the end from the beginning here. So look in John 2 and verse 1. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Okay? So on what day? Say it again. The third day. Now, we are living in the third day. What do you mean by that? Since Jesus died, rose again, and sent it to the Father, the Bible says one day with the Lord is, is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. So we've now crossed over into the third day. He declares the end from the beginning. Okay? Now we can go further back to, to the beginning. Whatever you find in Genesis gives us a picture of what's coming later on. Okay? So everybody shout again, third day. Now look back at Genesis 22. Take my time and teach this and pump you up with something tonight. Hallelujah. Genesis and chapter 22. We find a story about the father of our faith, Brother Abraham. We would call him Father Abraham, who had many sons. Right? And daughters. Okay? Genesis 22. Look at verse 1. I'm going to start reading verse 1. It says, Now it came to pass... After these things, that God did what? Tested. Tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of? Say it again. Now don't forget that name. To go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So go to Mount Moriah, okay, or the land of Moriah, and I'm going to show you the, the mount to go on. Verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. How many? Two. two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. Got it? And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then, on the what? On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Which day? Third day. The third day. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, 
and we will come back to you. All right? Now, this story, remember when we talked about it? Isaiah 4 to 610, he declares the end from the beginning. So, it says here on the third day something happened. Okay? Now, let's look back at this story. God told him to go to the land of what? Moriah. And offer him, him who? Who happens to be his son. Who the Bible calls here his only son. Okay? What, what happened to Ishmael? Ishmael's gone. We're talking about now his only son, Isaac. Okay? Is that what the Bible called him? Your only son. Okay? So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey. Now, Jesus... Okay, you got to see this. Jesus is going to ride into Jerusalem for his crucifixion on a donkey. He took how many of his young men? Now, I can't prove I'm right and you can't prove I'm wrong in the words of my dad. But I believe the two young men represented Elijah and Moses. Elijah representing the law or the prophets. Moses representing the law. And notice he takes what I'm going to call, I'm going to name these two guys, Moses and Elijah, his son on the donkey, and they're going to Moriah. Moriah is the place where Golgotha is. He's going to the exact same place where Jesus nearly 4,000 years later, would be crucified. He's declaring the end from the beginning. Okay? Now, when I was sitting there, man, I'm like, this just opened up to me today. I was like, wow, I never saw that. And so, these two young men, notice what it says, he rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son, he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Keep going, verse 4. Verse 4. Then on the what day? So everything we're about to see now happens on the third day. On the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. On the third day, he saw a place. He saw a place afar off. Now I'm going to come back to this here. Verse 5. Verse 5. And Abraham said to Moses and Elijah, you stay here with the donkey. Because Moses could only go so far. Elijah could only go so far. The law could only take us so far. The prophets could only take us so far. Jesus is the one that's going to go all the way. Okay? As great as Moses and Elijah were, they were not going to be crucified. They were not going to be the ones that die for the sins of, of humanity. It's Jesus. So he tells, I'm going to call him again, Moses and Elijah, you stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. And watch this last part. And we will come back to you. Now, Abraham, 
according to Hebrews 11, already knows we're going there to, to sacrifice this boy. The boy don't know, but we, I know he's going to be sacrificed. But he speaks prophetically and says, and we will come back to you. We will. Not I will. Remember, there's only, only two people going. That's Abraham and Isaac. We will come back to you. So let's go back to verse 4 because I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Then on the third day, which day? Third. Shout it again. Third. The third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. So from where he was on that day, he saw a place. But within that place, what he also saw prophetically was the death and resurrection. Y'all missed it. He's going to Mount Moriah. It is the exact place where Golgotha is. You research it yourself. Golgotha is on Mount Moriah. It's on the, the, the Moriah range. And so he sees this place afar off in a time. He sees beyond the death. He sees the resurrection. And he says, when we've done our work, go back to verse 5. Go back to verse 5. When we've done our work, we're going to come back again. Y'all just missed it. When we're finished, we're going to come back again. He's seen the death. He's seen the resurrection. He's seen the return. He said, we will come back to you. We left you here, but we're coming back for you. Are you on what day now? The third day. On the third day. The third day. Now go to, Gen to John 2 verse 4. No, matter of fact, John 2 verse 1. Because this gives us our, our backdrop here. John 2 verse 1. On the third day, there's a wedding. How many of y'all know, know that there's going to be a great wedding? That's what we're getting all ready for, that great wedding. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Keep going, keep going. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. All right, let's go. He said to her, woman, uh, what does your, do we miss verse 3? I think we missed verse 3. Yeah, go, give, me, give me verse 3. It's, it skips somehow. We've got to see why he's saying something to her. John 2, verse 3. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. So they had run out of their wine. And he said, now, verse 4, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? Notice what he says here. My hour is not yet come. My hour is not yet come. Now, remember, Abraham on the third day, saw something afar off. Here is Jesus on the third day. He's seeing something afar off. He said, my hour has not yet come. Boy, y'all got to hear what I'm saying to you. Thank you, Lord. Let, let's, let's, let's help you out so you can get, take the strange look off your face. Put John 13 verse 1 on the screen. John 13, no matter of fact, go to John 12, 
27. Let's try John 12, 27. Let's try John 12, 27 first. And then we'll get here. John 12, 27. I think that's what I'm looking for. Look, look, let's read it. He says, now my soul, this is Jesus, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this, from this, but for this purpose, I came to now go to chapter 13, verse 1. 13, verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, what hour? That he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Are y'all catching up with me yet? So when he said back in John 2, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. He's talking about this. He's on the third day. He sees that hour far off. He saw that if I step here in, the, in, the, in, this, in this action right now, I'm going to begin to move into that hour. He knew what he came in for. All right, y'all remember in Mark chapter 5, let me help you, y'all still dragging along. In Mark 5, Jesus shows up in a place called the Gadarenes, a place called Gadara, right? And the, we, there's this man who's possessed with demons, thousands of demons. And when Jesus walks on the scene, the demon hollers out through this man, have you come to torture me before the hour, before the time? The demons knew that at a certain time, when he would come and put them out of, their, out of their, their business. So the demons holler out, have you come to torture us before time? The demons know they only have a certain time. Well, y'all better catch this. The demons know they only have a certain time. They know that there's an expiration date on their reign. I come to tell you tonight, it's time. Boy, y'all better, y'all better catch this. It is time. It's woe time. So Jesus knew about this hour. He knew that his hour had come. So back in John 2, when it says, it's not my hour, my hour has not come yet. I can't get involved in this. He, he, was, he knew that this was going to now push him into that hour. The clock was going to start. Are y'all seeing this here? So, everybody say the third day. We're in the third day. Have you caught this here? Now, I say that with a little, that's a little bit of grain of salt because we're not 100% certain, theologians aren't, on the exact year of Jesus' death. Because some say it was around uh, 30 A.D. that the clock started. Or 27 A.D. that the clock started. Which would mean that we've got about seven years or ten years left. Or I'm sorry, I'm saying seven. I forgot it's 21. <laughs> we got a few years left before the clock expires. Y'all turn the air conditioning on. We got a few years left before the clock expires. Y'all understand this? Yes, sir. 
Or at least turn the heat off. It's about to smother me. Y'all follow what I'm saying to you about this? I was listening, I was watching a video uh, last night by, uh, some of y'all know, Perry Stone. And in this video, Perry Stone began to talk about where we are now. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, he said, we're no longer talking about prophecy. That's right. That's right. He said, we're here. The things that he and gentlemen like him have prophesied, or not that, not that they have prophesied, the prophecies that they have been pulling out of scripture for years. He said, that time is now, we're here. You see? That's what the Lord told me in 2018. Every, every prophetic word we've ever heard is for now. And everyone we'll hear from now on is for now. You understand the, the, the sands in the hourglass have come to the very end of the church age as we know it. So if I were you and I knew somebody who they on the fence or trying to go back in the world tell them, hey, no, 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 no. You're not going to have time to go on a trip down the road and come back. Remember those, remember the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins? Those five foolish virgins, they didn't have enough oil. That's the parable he gave. Enough oil on their vessels. And when the bride, at midnight, when the bridegroom came, and the, the, those, those uh, five wise virgins, the Bible says, the Bible says that they got up and they trimmed their lamps. They had to have oil for that. The five foolish virgins says, hey, we don't have any oil left. We ran out of oil. We were messing around. We ran out of oil. Give us some of your oil. Those five wise says, no, 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 we can't give you any of ours because if we give you some of ours, we might not have enough for ourselves. And we're not going to miss the bridegroom when he comes. And they said, well, go, go somewhere and get your own. Try to find some more oil from somewhere else. And the Bible says when they left to go find some oil on their own, at midnight, here comes the bridegroom, represents Jesus Christ, his return, and they were left out. They came back knocking on the door and they couldn't get in. See? This isn't the time to be messing around. This isn't the time to make some side trip, some side road trip down the sea and we'll go check out the world for, you know, visit, go, go explore other religions, other faiths and go check out, burn some sage and burn some candles and try some candlesticks and all that rocks and all. Go try some African religion. No, this ain't the time for that. Because at an hour when you least expect it, Saying there ain't no time for that. I know that's bad English. There's no time for that. Hallelujah. We've got to do everything we can to get as many people into the ark of safety as we can. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you tonight? So the third day, I want to keep going with this here. The third day. Look at Exodus. So I want you to see prophetically where we are. Pastor, I'm going to talk more about business. We will eventually. This is, this kingdom business. Exodus 19, two verses, verse 10 and 11. Let me know when you get there by saying amen. amen. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their clothes. 
This is a picture of righteousness and holiness. Righteousness and holiness. You got to have clean clothes. I used to hear, uh, it was Reverend uh, F.G. Jackson, I think it was. How many of y'all remember Reverend F.G. Jackson around here? Just two of y'all. You remember Reverend F.G. Jackson? Y'all remember? He used to say, he used to, he used to say you don't put thin toes on a dirty body. God bless the dead. Now he's in heaven now. You don't put no thin toes on no dirty body. Glory to God. So don't just wash your clothes. Consecrate yourself. Righteousness and holiness. The, the, the clothes is a picture of your righteousness, the linen garments. But the consecrate yourself is a picture of your holiness. Now he says, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them do what? Go to verse 11, please. Verse 11. And let them be ready. Jesus. Y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. Let them be ready for what? The third day. For on the third day, do y'all see this? The Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai. We know when the Lord returns, he's going to come down and touch Right on Mount Sinai. So this declaration of something that's going to happen right then and there when they do this is a prophetic picture of the time we're in now. Somebody tell you, it's time, it's time. It's time. Oh, you better get ready. You better get ready. You better make sure you're ready. Don't play around. He said, for the third, now I know he's not coming back tomorrow. A lot of things got to happen first. Some restitution and restoration has got to happen. I know that. He's going to judge the wicked and so forth. But I'm telling you, this is the season we're in. For on the third day, the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Remember we used to say, he's coming on the cloud and every eye shall see him. We're seeing a picture of the second coming of Christ right here. Hallelujah. Give me verse, uh, let's pick up a verse 16. Verse 16 through 20. It says, then it came to pass on what? The third day in the great getting up morning. In the morning, when I rise in the morning, when I rise. Uh-huh. That there were thunderings and lightning. And the Bible says he'll come like a flash of lightning. I just want y'all to see the, the picture here. And a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the clarinet, the sound of the saxophone, the sound of the bongos, the sound of the what? Do you see the parallel? At the last trumpet of God, the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we who are alive and remain are going to be caught up together to meet them in the air. So it says, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud. So that all the people in the camp were trim they trembled. That's what's going to happen. When he comes to snatch away the saints of God. See, right now in America, they're trying to set the world up. Can I tell you how? No? Y'all want to hear how they're trying to set the world up? 
they're, see, they want to, the devil has to go ahead and preemptively create an explanation for the rapture. The devil knows the rapture's coming. So he has to preemptively create a, an explanation of why people will be caught away. So now he has, in America, the government is now forcing the issue of talking about aliens, UFOs. Y'all check the news? They're talking about now, you know, we, we've had talked about aliens for decades. But now the government is saying they, they are going to force the uh, space agencies to put out all the information that they have about, about aliens. Just check it. Just Google it when you get home. This is not like conspiracy news. This is regular mainstream news, okay? This is regular mainstream. The liar is telling this right here, okay? So they're, they're talking about aliens. Remember, they keep talking about all these other planets to prove there's life on Mars and life on somewhere else, but now they want to make sure they talk about we have the alien discussion so that when we get caught up out of here, they're going to say that wasn't Jesus, that wasn't the rapture, that was aliens. Invasion of the body snatchers. You remember that? This is, this is what's happening now. Oh, the Bible says, look up for your redemption draws now. It won't be long till we'll be leaving here. Some of y'all don't remember the old Andre Crouch music. It won't be long, we'll be going home. Count the years as months, count the months as weeks, count the weeks as days, any day now. We'll be going home. Everybody's singing about now just big houses and big cars. It's my blessing. It's my time for a blessing. Well, that's wonderful. But I have more news for you. Any day now, we'll be going home. Don't talk about that. I get scared. Well, you better get saved. Because if you're scared, you're not saved. If you save, this is what you're looking forward to. I'm living this life just to live again. Right? That's what we sing. Okay, let me get back on track here. So what happens, see, they're trying to plan something. But what they don't understand is every eye is going to see him. The trumpet's going to be so loud that everybody in their camp is going to tremble. You won't be able to say aliens. Everybody's going to know, uh-uh. There wasn't no aliens. We saw that white horse coming through the clouds, through the eastern sky. I saw all those Christians who I recognize all of a sudden going up. Let's keep going here. Verse 17. Verse 17. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Keep going. Keep going. Because, you know, the Jews will still be operating and get saved. Many of them get saved, okay? You got it? Now the church is gone. The Jews will be able to do this, what we're seeing. Okay? Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke. Completely in smoke. Man, I don't want to hit on every point. But the smoke comes from Acts 2 
when it talks about in the last days of pour my spirit out on all flesh, sons and daughters prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. There'll be signs in the heavens and signs in the earth, blood and vapor of smoke. Okay. <laughs> this is what it was here. He ascended upon it in fire. Our, Lord, our God is a consuming fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. All right? Verse 19. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, they're going to know deep. They're going to know we're up out of here. Moses spoke and God answered him by, by voice. Verse 20. Verse 20. Can you see this here? Watch this. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the mountain and Moses went up. Y'all just, y'all got to catch this. Y'all see this? The Lord came down and Moses went up. That's a picture of you and me. When he comes down, we're going up. Now, what day was this? The third day. Third day. Wow, wow, wow. This is boring some people, but I'm just telling you this is. Hosea 6.2. They can put it on the screen for us. Flash it on the screen. Hosea 6.2. Hosea 6.2. Here's what the Lord says. After two days... He will revive us on the third day. Come on. He will raise us up. Why? So after two days, so we're at the end of the two days. That's why we're going to see here quickly a revival that hits the earth. I wish y'all would get a little more excited about that now. Are y'all excited about revival? Yes. Another, the last great awakening? Y'all get excited because some of your cousins and some of your sisters and your family and your friends, some of those ones who's drifting away from the body of Christ, they're going to be revived. Woo. Jesus said the dead will hear his voice and live. The dead will hear his voice and live. There's going to be revival. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lazarus is being raised from the dead was a picture of resurrection for us. It wasn't just a story. Jesus went to the grave and raised him from the dead. How did he do it? Lazarus come forth with a sound, with a shout, with a with a with a sound. Thank you, Lord. All right. That we may live in his sight. Okay, now, uh, I've got time to keep going a little bit here. So we're talking about this third day being a picture of what is to come. Okay? Now, back in John 2, back in John 2, hallelujah. It was on the third day of the wedding, right? The wedding feast is on the third day. And Jesus is dealing with this issue now, turning the water into wine. 
and verse 5, this very famous scripture, which we got to make sure we know it. We know it, we know it, we know it. Whatever he says to you, do it. And I talked about how radical obedience leads to prosperity, right? Now, Isaiah 119 says this, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. If you are two things, willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Psalm uh, 110 verse 3 in the King James Bible says, your people shall be willing in the day of your power. Now, I'm showing you a supernatural, miraculous time we've entered into and that God's people will be willing. Psalm 110.3 in the, in the King James, in the King James. New King James uses a volunteer, but King James uses willing in the day of your power. So notice it says willing in the day of your power. So there's a time. Man. Well, isn't God powerful all the time? Yes, yes. But there's coming a day of his power. In fact, I want to announce to you, we have entered the day of his power. I'm telling you, a miraculous time. We're going to see more healings, more miracles, more, 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 more regenerative miracles. We're going to see more things growing out and growing in than we've ever seen. More blind eyes being up. We're going to see these things, miraculous things. Miraculous movement. What do you mean miraculous movement? Remember Philip? When Philip in Acts 8 had baptized the Ethiopian eunuch, you don't remember, just, just, just listen, I'm going to tell you the story. He had baptized an Ethiopian eunuch in the body of water. And the Bible said, well, first of all, first of all, let me back up. When the Lord showed him, he said, see that Ethiopian eunuch down there? Yes. He said, catch up with him. Now, the eunuch is in a chariot. This chariot isn't some, in some old mule, some old donkey. This probably four, six, eight horses. Shoom, he going down the road. This is, a, this is a, the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. He's Candace the Queen's right-hand man. He's in the best chariot the government can buy. So he's hauling butt down the road. Y'all understand hauling butt? He's hauling butt down the road, and God tells Philip, catch him. Philip's on foot. He runs up beside him, Daniel, and he pulls up, and the Bible says that he's, he's going behind, behind beside him, and, and he says, you understand what you're reading? <laughs> this man, like, what? You understand what you're reading? He said, how can I accept someone explain it to me? And he said, pull over. <laughs> Climb on in. Miraculous movement. I don't know if I got him by that. Miraculous movement. Then the Bible says, after the man got born again, he got baptized in a body of water there. And the Bible says, he, when he came out of the water, he looked up. Philip was gone. And the Bible says, Philip wound up in a place called Azotus. Which meant that he got translated from one spot Instantly in another spot. It's, oh God, thank you, Holy Ghost. It's the same thing that happened with Jesus. Jesus had told the disciples, go out, go across this water. 
go to the side. I'm going to meet you over there. This is not the story when he was on the boat. This is when he sent them ahead of him across the water. And the Bible says in the middle of the night, he came walking on the water to them and would have passed them by. We notice if you put together the chronicles, you'll see where Peter walked on water. But in this storm, the Bible says they took Jesus Christ out of the water and he got into the boat. Right? In a storm. He got into the boat. They thought he was a ghost. It wasn't a ghost. It was him. They put him in the boat, and the Bible says, and the boat was immediately at the land. That means that when he got in the boat, the whole ship moved instantly. I wish y'all would catch what I'm saying. We're talking about a season and era of the miraculous where God can move you from one place to another place instantly. I remember reading about one man of God many years ago in the early part of, of the, uh, the 20th century. I'm talking about the uh, early to mid 1900s. This man uh, who was a man of God and he was a missionary and uh, he wanted to go different places uh, in, in the world. And as, as a story, this is a true story. They, they told us about, about how uh, he, didn't, he didn't buy a ticket to fly. He was supposed to go across the world, uh, fly or whether there's a boat, however he's going to be transported. He, he couldn't get a ticket or didn't get a ticket. The Lord would tell him, pack a bag. And he packed the bag, and he'd go into the station with his bag. He said, go in the bathroom in one of the stalls. And he'd go in the bathroom in one of the stalls. Next thing you know, he ends up in the country where God was sending him to be. I don't believe that. Well, you better, you're going to have a hard time this next era because God is a miracle-working God. God is a supernatural God. God can do anything for those that will believe. And God is ready to demonstrate his supernatural power in these last days. He's going to make the devil and the wicked head spin. When they see what God does through your life supernaturally. I mean, let's, let me ask this question. What are we going to do if they mandate a vaccine to get on a plane? We might have to pack our bag and go into a bathroom somewhere. I mean, take it if you want to. I'm saying, but those, those of you who aren't going to take it, you might have, might have get in the bathroom somewhere and say, Bam! Come on, Jesus! We're talking about a supernatural God who does supernatural things. Supernatural transportation. Supernatural provision. What about God bringing food by ravens? What about God sending angels to cook a meal for you? We can't go in the store. We can't buy anything. We can't sell it. We can't go, go to the store to get any food. What about God bringing angels food for you? It's more than just a story in the book. It's a reality. Most of the people who are stuck at home and won't go to churches because these stories that are in the book are just fables. They're just fairy tales of them. But these are not fables. They're not fairy tales of me. They are the truth. It's, it's a chronicle of the things that God did for his people. And he's the same God yesterday and today and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, we're talking about here the day of 
thy power. So there's a day or a season or a time or we're saying an era of his power. And I know he's always had power, but we're talking about a time where his power will be demonstrated on display in such a great way that it will be uh, like the Bible talked about notable miracles that they could not deny the book of Acts. They couldn't deny because a notable miracle had been done among them. And God's going to do so many notable things among us. Miracles. 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 Somebody just say miracles. Say it again, miracles. Say it again, miracles. Say it again, miracles. Say it again, miracles. We got to get used to saying that, expecting it, believing it, getting out of the limitations of our human nature. We have been made partakers of his divine nature. Well, with people who are, have divine nature, we can expect divine things to happen in our lives. So, the day of his power, the day of his power. Let's look at Luke 22. I'm going to get back to the business part. We'll make our round. Luke 22. I just want to show you the Lord just dropped in me today, just these things here to show us where we are. Yes. See, if you're going to know where you're going, you got to first know where you are. Yes. You got to understand the time and the season. Yes. Remember the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar? Yes. Sons of Issachar, what, what was the Bible said about sons of Issachar? They knew the times and the seasons and what Israel ought to do. They knew the times and they knew what Israel ought to do. Yes. So you and I have to know the times and then what we ought to do. Yes, Pastor Kim been saying something uh, all this year, uh, just personally. She said, this, is, this year you're going to have to be shrewd. You're going to have to be shrewd. In business, in relationships, in, at work, with family, you're going to have to be shrewd. Shrewd doesn't mean mean. Doesn't mean bitter. It means, okay, you discern things. You use discretion. You don't just go somewhere because somebody invited you. I'm shrewd. You don't, don't just take somebody's business offer because they give, made your business offer. You're shrewd. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Luke 22. Is that y'all there yet? Verse 47. It says, and while he, this is Jesus, was still speaking, behold, a multitude. And he who was called Judas, you remember him? Yes, One of the twelve went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? That's almost like saying you low down dirty dog. But he was just being very nice about it. Because he knew he was going to betray him. He knew what he was doing. Jesus was shrewd. Verse 49. When those around him saw what was going to happen, this is all, this is all the security team. Security team said, Lord, shall we bust a cap in him? Should we drop that joker? 
We make him sleep with the fishes tonight? Lord, shall we strike with the sword? And one of them didn't wait for an answer. One of them, this is Peter, we know from other, other passages, Peter struck the servant of the high priest. We know from, from uh, another account, his name is Malchus, M-A-L-C-H-U-S, and cut off his right ear. Now that's a sharp, that's a sharp fellow right there because to hit a guy, think I'm trying to imagine can I take a sword and, and just slice your ear off without, without chopping half your head. I mean, that's, that's precision. This guy is a swordsman. That's like Zorro. Y'all remember Zorro growing up? How many of y'all remember Zorro, the masked man, Zorro? Wow. I mean, he cut off his right ear. <laughs> no, you ain't hearing right no more. Okay, now, watch Jesus and listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. Let this happen. They know what's coming. He's been telling them already, I'm getting ready to go die. That's why they were saying, hey, we can't go down there, man. But so he says, no, permit even this. Let this go on. Now, he could have already called down a legion of angels. Right? But he said, permit even this. Let it go on. And he touched his ear and healed him. Uh, we assume we picked it up off the ground, you know, blew the dust off, rinsed the, rinsed the blood, little, little uh, what you call that, saline or something, I don't know what he did, peroxide, <laughs> maybe just spit on it, but he healed him. In the midst of all that, he healed him. Now remember what he said, permit even this. Okay? Then Jesus said to the chief priests, captains of the temple, listen very closely to this. And the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? That's how y'all come at me? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not try to seize me. Now listen to this last line. But this is your hour. and the power of darkness. Y'all got to catch this. This is your hour. So he recognized it. You said it. That's right. That this is your time to shine. That's why he said, permit even this. No, my hour is here. The devil has a time has an hour, has a season. He said, this is your hour and the power of darkness. 
Uh, I don't think I said this to you either, but let's, let's, let's look at that in another translation. Let's try um, Amplified. Let's, let's see the Amplified. Let's try a couple different ones, see if we get some more perspective on this here. It says, and they were, con- no, that's not it. <laughs> 50, 52, right? 53? No, not 53. 52. Huh? Luke 22? Oh, you're in the wrong chapter. Luke 22, 53. I'm like, I know that doesn't look right. You're in the wrong chapter. Luke 22, 53. When I was with you day after day in the temple enclosure, you did not stretch forth your hands against me. But this is your hour, and the power which darkness gives you has its way. Wow. Wow. Ah. Are y'all following what this is saying? How many of y'all are following this here? He's saying it's your hour, and the power which darkness or Satan gives you has its way. The Bible says Satan operates in the sons of disobedience right now. So what you and I are seeing in the earth realm where wicked men are doing all sorts of wicked things, darkness is giving them their power. And as much as we may hate it, it has been their hour. Oh, help me, Lord, say this. Come on, y'all. It has been Satan's hour. It has been the hour, the Bible calls it the time of the Gentiles. That's what your Bible uses that phrase, the time of the Gentiles. Where the Gentiles have been in charge. Gentile means heathen, the wicked one. They, they have been in charge. They've been empowered by Satan to rule in this hour. But remember what happened. This is your hour. But it's about to be my hour. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. God Almighty. Oh, Jesus. Remember 1 Kings 18? And I tell you, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah has an encounter on Mount Carmel. He's going to encounter the 400 prophets of Baal, or the 450 prophets of Baal, whatever it was, and the 400 or 450 prophets of the grove. He's all Jezebel's prophets who they all serve, worship Baal, that false god. And he had said to the people of of Israel, how long do you halt between two opinions? How long until you make up your mind that God is God? He said, let's have a, a showdown. He said, if God be God, we serve him. And if Baal be God, serve him. And they said, okay, this sounds like a good idea. Right? So he said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to build an altar, and then we're going to have a sacrifice, but you can't light the sacrifice on your own. It's got to be the God who lights it for you. The God who answers by fire. Y'all know this story? Let him be God. And this is what Elijah said. Y'all go first. Y'all got to catch it. He said, y'all go first. I'm going to give you all morning... I'm going to give you all afternoon to do your thing. I'm going to let you shine. I'm going to let you show out. I'm going to let you have your way. I'm going to let you mock me. You're going to talk about me. I'm going to sit off to the side. You're going to do your thing. Ball. I'm going to give you because right now it's your hour. 
and what's been going on in the world is that the world for these years has been enjoying the devil's hour. But he said, it's about to be my hour. And when Elijah said, okay, that's it, y'all done, get out of the way, I'm about to show you because now it's my hour. It's the hour of my God. It's the hour of my God's power. And he said, this is what we're going to do to make it interesting. So y'all don't think somebody lit a match and somebody struck a rock and somebody rubbed two sticks together. I want you to get four barrels of water, three barrels of water, and pour it on the sacrifice. Pour it on the wood. Soak the wood. You know you can't, you can't find no wet wood. Soak it up. Do it, do it. So 12 buckets full. Now watch this. Called to God, and God showed out, sent fire, licked up the sacrifice, licked up the wood, and the Bible says licked up the stones. That's a hot fire from heaven that licked up the stones, disintegrated rocks. And you know what happened? All those 850 prophets who had had their hour, they lined them up and killed them all. This is what's about to happen in the earth, ladies and gentlemen. The devil's time is up. I said the devil's time is up. I said the devil's time. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Let me show you. Can I just show you a scripture here? This is one of my favorite scriptures here. Over in Daniel. In Daniel, glory to God, chapter 7, verse 21 and verse 22. Verse 21 and verse 22. God has always let the devil go first. He's let the devil have his hour of power. But then God takes over. We've been in the earth. Oh, my God. The Bible says the whole earth groans and travails. Because the whole earth has been subjected to corruption. But they're waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. So the devil's had his hour to corrupt the earth. But you and I are going to have the earth delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. We're coming into our time. We're coming into our season. We're coming into our hour. We're coming into our moment. It's our big time. All the curtains are about to open and the show is about to begin, ladies and gentlemen. Watch this. In Daniel 7, verse 21, he said, I was watching, and the same horn, this is represents the evil one, the Antichrist system, was making war against the saints. Can you see that? And what? Prevailing against them. Until. Somebody shout, until. Until the angel of days came and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. The devil had, on, had us on the ropes for a while because it was his hour. But the Ancient of Days showed up. Struck down that gavel. Psh, judgment was made in our favor against the enemy brought along our hour. 
That's all I got time for. If you don't realize we're in the third day, it's our hour. It's the Lord's hour of power. Remember when I told you what the Lord said to me a couple years back? That every prophecy we've heard is for now? And every prophecy we will ever hear is for now? Remember he followed that with saying, it's my time? 2019, he said, it's my time. Not me, Jonathan, him. God said, it's my time. That told us the devil's time is up. He's been running rampant through the earth all these, all these years, all these decades, all these centuries. These millennia, that's over. God says, it's my time. Get ready for the big show. Get your big old bucket of popcorn. The show is about to begin. We're going to see the devil going down and the kingdom of God rising up. We're going to see a set of people coming into the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah, they're going, we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Third day. And I'll deal with it Sunday. Because it's a season and an era of the miraculous. So you're going to have to shift your mindset from a natural way of thinking, natural way of operating over to the miraculous. The Bible says that he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the law or by the hearing of faith? The answer is the hearing of faith. So you're going to have to hear about miracles to get your faith built up for miracles to move us out of this natural limitation thinking into believing, you know what? God can do anything. He can do anything. He's going to heal me supernaturally. He's going to prosper me supernaturally. He's a supernatural God, and it's his hour. Amen? Amen. you agree with that tonight? Do you receive that tonight? Why don't you put those hands together, give God a great praise tonight. Come on, thank the Lord, magnify him in this place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. We are willing in the day of his power. We are willing in the day of his power. I'm willing to see God's hand move. Thank you, Lord. I was sharing with you on Sunday, God is, we used to always say he's in the miracle working business. He's in the miracle working business. God still works miracles. God still saves. God still heals. God still delivers. There's a song that's just saying, said it took a miracle to hang the stars in space to put the moon in place. And when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, that was a miracle of his love divine. So when you and I have experienced salvation, we've already experienced a tremendous miracle. Greater than the miracle of stars in space and the moon in its place. 
So anything else we can, we can leave God for, just think about, well, he saved me. That was a miracle. So if he can do that, he can do anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now some of this is going is to mess the church up. Because the church has been so naturally and carnally minded, the church hadn't even had a room for miracles. Hasn't had an expectation for miracles. We say this phrase, the atmosphere of faith is a breeding ground for miracles. So people don't have faith or expectation for it. It doesn't happen, but we have it. Amen? We're going to see it not only in the church, but in your daily lives, miracles. Glory to God. Acceleration miracles. Thank you, Lord. Apostle Durbo was laying hands Friday night, I think it was, or one, one of those services, and on some youth. And the prophetic word, the word of the Lord came to him and said that he was accelerating their academics. Accelerating their academics. Well, that would be great. Miracle turnaround in school. They can learn. Excel. So there's no limit to what we're talking about here. Amen. Father God, tonight, thank you for being the God of miracles, the God of signs, the God of wonders. Thank you for the hour of your power that you brought us into this third day where your power will be demonstrated on display for the whole earth to see. Your word says the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh will see it together. Your word says, Father, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will, cover, will fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. So we're expecting to see supernatural, miraculous things happening in us, for us, and through us. Through us. Hallelujah. God, you're so powerful that you could cause water to spring up next to that orphanage without a well or a pump. So we don't place limits on you. We think it's awesome how much money has been raised, but Father, <laughs> you can go far beyond all that and just making water begin to spring up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, we place no limitations on you to do what you have always planned in the earth to do. And we yield to you, and we expect you to move in a mighty and a powerful way. Move in this nation. Nothing is too late. Nothing is too far gone for you. Your plans endure to many generations. So Lord, have your way in this nation, in this earth, as you move the devil off the stage, you take center stage and bring your purpose and your plans to pass. In the earth, in this nation, in this city, in this ministry, and in our lives. Thank you that it's the hour of your power. We give you praise today. We give you glory. We give you honor for what is to come. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.